Thank you, everyone. Thank you for being here again. We have a very special guest with us, uh, and he's going to talk to us about a very, very important subject, something that uh, at NOVA we are very proud to be pushing forward for every one of you. So Eric is the president of International Sales and Development at Now Global, and he's focused on international television sales, original content development, uniquely positioned to target both traditional broadcasters and digital platform worldwide. So at the end of these lines, everybody, we have someone that is pretty important for the industry of film production and uh, any idea to produce TV series or anything that you have on your mind. So Eddie, why don't you talk to us about your personal journey first? How did you get there? What a question. Um... <clears throat> and how long do I have? So I first started in the music industry, um, and I'll I'll skip through that as quickly as I can. But so when I was much younger, I was a fan of music. I I started my own record company, and that was uh, we ran that for five years. And my passion for music is what kind of led me in my career in the beginning, because eventually I ended up working for Cirque du Soleil in Montreal, the circus company, because they had a record label department. And, and this makes me very old, but we were still selling CDs. And so my responsibility was to sell CDs across uh, North America. And as I progressed in my career at Cirque du Soleil, at one point, I got the opportunity to move into the television department. And in the very beginning, I didn't, you know, coming from a music background where you're used to going to bars and clubs and it's always dark to go to the tv industry where there's red carpet and awards and everything it seemed very different for me and i didn't know if i was going to fit in but at the end of the day i loved dealing with people all over the world love doing sales all over the world and dealing with different distributors and i just fell in love with the industry and not too long after, but well, six years later, I ended up moving on to Just for Laughs, the comedy company in Montreal, which produces a, a very popular prank show called Just for Laughs Gags. And we also had some stand-up programming. So we would sell that across the globe. And I was responsible for direct sales now. Instead of working with distributors, I was dealing directly with the broadcasters, directly with some of the streamers mostly in Europe and um, the Middle East and Africa. So kind of like that that part of the world, north-south. North, um, once I started going to the markets and conferences I and networking with people, uh, that's where I fell in love with this industry. I felt like uh, it was very professional people, very organized and um, and it was fun to make deals. What is the mindset that if, a, if someone would like to be in your position someday, what do they have to do to be there? Well, you have to be a nerd of geography. No, I'm joking. But uh, you have to basically love other cultures and love meeting other people and embracing differences. And that's probably why I love my job the most, it has nothing to do with the TV. It has to do with the people and the relationship building. That's interesting. And sometimes making mistakes, very bad mistakes, <laughs> you know, from a cultural standpoint, uh, we're different from country to country. Forget what language you you speak. Even if you speak French, the, the French from France and the French from Quebec are completely different cultures, for example. Um, um, so 
it's written and, and I'm sure you guys know, I mean, how many, how many countries speaks uh, Spanish, but from country to country, you're not, you're not the same type of people. You have your own individual cultures from one country to the next. So to kind of be able to read the room and to meet people and to try to find a middle ground is probably one of the most fascinating parts of my job. So that's why you call it a now global. Four years, no, five, almost five years ago now, I started my own company. So I moved out from Montreal to Vancouver completely for family reasons. It wasn't actually business reasons. And I kind of realized that if I was going to continue doing international work, I would have to start my own company. And, and now Global basically became a distribution and consulting company at the same time. And yes, it was partly influenced also by my local area, because now I was in the same way that I love meeting people all over the world. I now had to meet new people in a different province. And I went from French Canada to English Canada. So the culture was a little bit different. I'm, I mean, I'm used to English Canada, so it's not that different, but I had to meet new people and basically build relationships here. And what I notice, even here in British Columbia, is we have a lot of producers that will create content for Americans, but they don't own the content. You know, and we're talking about distribution here, and we're talking about development, we're talking about original content. But 95, 90% to 95% of the content that's produced in British Columbia doesn't isn't owned by Canada. It's actually Americans that come up for the tax credits and the lower dollar to film in Canada. Um, so what I found is you had all these producers that still have very much the ambition of owning their own original content. Mm -hmm. So that's why I named it Andal Global. It was more of like a local idea. It was like, let's take this great local content and make it global. But of course, it the same applies to what you guys are doing. It's like, how do we take this content made in Honduras and how do we distribute? So yes, the, the, the name applies no matter where you are. So how can it be applied to a place in any place in Latin America? How can your company um, come up with something that is valued in Latin America? Well, uh, I'll be honest, I, I haven't really uh, taken a look at uh, developing content in Latin America. I've certainly had conversations with certain companies in, in certain territories to see if we could potentially work together. Um, so that's always a factor. But I guess um, if anybody out there would like to talk to me and would like to have help, I would certainly be open to helping them out and then using the kind of same process that I use to develop content to help Latin American producers as well. Because at the end of the day, while the TV channels are different, and while maybe even the content is looked at differently, the process is still the same. So does Latin America, uh, in your view, would have an advantage as far as being local with different perspective, with different content that might be interesting to put in a market like yours or in a market in Europe? Hmm. Well, I... Yes, because, you know, look at what's happening right now with the streamers in the United States. They are they're starting to invest in local content, and I'm sure they're already in Latin America. I, yeah. You know, I don't have the statistics on that. But if you look at Netflix, they've really invested in Korea recently. Um, and there's another show that just came out recently. Um, 
uh, that I started, I watched like one episode and I don't even remember the title, but basically there's really high quality content coming from different parts of the world. And they did the same thing in Africa as well. They produced some original content made in Africa. And I'm sure they're doing that in Latin America. So, so absolutely. I think what's happening now is people are well, actually in Brazil too. Brazil has had some Netflix originals too. So there's definitely an appetite to, uh, to tell stories authentically in a local setting that can still resonate with people across the globe. Because if, you know, if you're talking about families or you're talking about things that we can all, that all unite us, but yet is in a different setting and a different culture that can be very exciting and interesting to uh, to viewers. What is so? How is the how does film distribution production works? Because many people will say, okay, how does it work and how does it makes money? Well, there's two things, right? Like, so the first thing is your traditional distribution. That means your content already needs to be made, and and then your your role if you have made your movie or you made your television series, one way or another. Um, then you have to seek a distributor and, and then basically that person will then help you, uh, get the content across the globe. If you are a new producer in Honduras, perhaps you want to focus on Latin America to start, right? right? Like kind of growing out slowly, but surely. So find other distributors that are experts in Latin America. And especially those who speak Spanish, I unfortunately do not speak Spanish at all. Um, and and then have them kind of you know transport and export that content to neighboring countries and allowing it to kind of grow as as fast as possible. In the distribution part or in that process, I know there's a lot of investing and investing and investing. But where does the creators see like the money? I don't know if content is a good investment because it's we do this because it's our passion, right? And and it's and I think what you're getting to is not necessarily distribution but development. Development of original ideas. Is that what you're kind of hinting at? Like creating new ideas and then taking that to distribute new ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I was saying there's a difference between distribution, which is taking existing content and then development, which is um, taking the idea and then developing the idea and trying to get it far enough so that you can get it in front of either public funders, if you're in a country that can support that, or to get in front of broadcasters, especially your local broadcasters to start. And then, of course, these global streamers that want to hear stories from other regions in the world. Uh, that there's something I remember the first time I started development. I and for me, it started about four years ago. And somebody said to me, "Don't do development. It's called development hell. <laughs> it takes forever. It's the hardest thing in the world, and you're going to be developing for years and years." And that person wasn't wrong. It is very, very difficult. And as a person like me, who is used to doing many, many deals of existing content mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and signing contracts every month yeah. to going to development where you're not signing contracts every month. I remember in my first three months, I, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose my clients because it's not fast enough. But you need the mindset that take your time, um, take 12 months, take two years, 
take the time to develop it. And then what you need to do instead of celebrating the contract signatures, because, you know, a production could cost, let's say, $4 million. Well, that's not going to happen overnight, like a simple distribution contract. You're going to have to build the financing slowly, but surely maybe you're going to need some private investors. Maybe you're going to need a broadcaster, but the broadcaster is not going to want to pay $4 million. I mean, there's a few platforms like Netflix that maybe will pay you 100%, but you will still need to like go to the bank and lend some money, like borrow some money and, you know, basically go to lenders and, and get your money. So the important thing to do and to think about in development is basically start celebrating every small achievement. So your first achievement is having the idea, right? But yes. then that's not a time to celebrate. That's just an idea in your head. So you have to put it on paper and start to craft it. And once you have like, let's say enough text and everything, then you want to move on and put it into a presentation mode and basically build, start building yourself a mini deck or a mini Bible so that you can start having ideas of, well, okay, this is a neat idea. It's a police show or some, something else. But who are the characters? What are the, and what are the um, details of the characters? Like, what's special about those characters, and why should I care? Who are the secondary characters? Um, and then, of course, you you need to build yourself. Like, eventually, find a writer and a showrunner, uh, maybe even a composer. So everything you're doing step by step is you're you're building up your show to the point where you're going from early development to late development you might even need to shoot a a like not a pilot but like a proof of concept where maybe you're showing like two or three minutes of the content what it could a micro trailer like. basically yes yeah mm -hmm. so so that's what i would say for you know and maybe that's really simplifying things but i believe in simplicity in life too it's like start step by step and start celebrating those wins so if you for example, um, find your your favorite showrunner or director in Honduras agrees to work with you. That is a big achievement. You haven't made the product. Maybe maybe Netflix will still say no, but you have to celebrate that win because if you're not enjoying the journey and you're just waiting for Netflix and you go, ah, oh, Netflix is not giving me a deal. Netflix is not giving me a deal. Oh, I'm so mad like that. You're not going to get anywhere. It is called development hell. But if you learn to enjoy the journey, it's going to be a, a really fun process. Eric, so let me see if I understand this and for the audience to understand it as well. Your career, your knowledge and your skills would give a very important place for someone that has an idea started the journey, is in the middle of distributing, but whatever happens, if they choose you as an advisor, your company will be able to provide support and maybe land a contract. Is that what you do? Yes. So that's what has happened, especially because of the pandemic. As you may or may not know, the pandemic kind of really hurt the international distribution business quite a bit. Uh, you know, there was no advertising with the broadcasters. Everybody lost uh, money at that point. And so if there's less money with the broadcasters, they weren't spending as much. 
And so everything kind of became very, very difficult. And it depended on the countries you were in. Some countries went into complete lockdowns. Some countries were remained open. But fundamentally, it really changed the uh, international distribution industry almost overnight. And I think it was the direction we were going in anyways, because the streamers were really completely revamping the entire industry to start with. But it, that accelerated during the pandemic. So because of that, I sh my company basically did a change and focus more on development. And so now we are basically um, focusing on developing content for our clients. And, and I can work with different levels. Of course, I love working with producers because then my job can be pitching directly to broadcasters. But I have also started working with creators who have ideas and want to basically uh, take it. But, but now the pitch is to a producer because I'm not a producer. I'm kind of like a hybrid agent, consultant, distributor. Um, but then a producer is the one who would actually be able to bring it to life. And depending on the producer, sometimes I might stay involved and help pitch to broadcasters, or perhaps they are experts and they already have people inside the team that can do those sales. So then, so my job at that point, if I'm working with a creator is helping them take that idea and put it onto paper and basically coaching them on, you know, coming up with two or three pages that solidifies the idea, uh, addresses any concerns or any weaknesses of the idea so that we can make it better. And then basically starts uh, pitching it to producers who will hopefully even get inspired and, and get excited about the project and make it even better. There are some knowledge around Latin America. And I want to challenge that perspective with your experience. People say that if you have an idea, you should put it in a Bible. You should work mm -hmm. on the characters. Let's say something digital TV series for kids. So yeah. you put it in a Bible, you have the characters, you should texturize those characters, uh, have new ideas for new episodes, work on the, your first episode, then work on a micro trailer, uh, populate um, social media with it, put it in YouTube, put it in Instagram, put your characters in Instagram, yeah. try to put it in Facebook, get traction and see if people start to follow you and follow the characters and follow the name and follow the idea. And once you have kind of a very important traction, then go to Eric and say, Eric, this is what we have. This is the idea. This is the Bible. These are the characters. These are the new episodes. And these are, and this is the, the, the traction that we got in, in, in social media. And we even have some t-shirts and we even have some hats and we did mm -hmm. this, we competed in this event and all that. So being a creator, is that enough for you? You you mean you mean a creator that has all these achievements? Yeah, yeah, that's even better. So I will work with creators who have good ideas, but you are right. What you're describing is something that more and more uh, producers and creators are going to have to do as we move on. And you know, I still work with clients where they're not necessarily because it costs a lot of money and time and energy to do all that. Uh, but if you can do it, that is the way to get in. And now I do work with producers mainly uh, that are ready to basically just focus on the show and then start pitching it to broadcasters. But 
what I'm seeing now is much more crafty, younger people who are, uh, like you said, creating social media platforms. And like uh, one of my producers is a uh, travel show creator producer. And he's very do-it-yourself, or in English, we would say DIY. He created two seasons on his own for PBS in the United States. His name is Ernest White II, and he has a show called Fly Brother. But now he's building up his Instagram, he's building up his podcast, he's building up his YouTube channel, and he's traveling around the world, he's doing speaking engagements. So basically, he's developing his brand at the same time that he's developing a show. And if your show isn't ready yet and you don't have the finances for it, um, then yes, you know, doing things on YouTube and Instagram is a great starting point because, or, or, or even having a book, you know, like if you can say, oh, this has achieved, I don't know, these many millions of views or another, uh, friend of mine here locally came to me and said, I have a book and that sold a hundred thousand copies. I want to turn this into a TV series. Well, you got my attention now because you just said you, you, you've sold a hundred thousand copies. We may still not take the idea. And, you know, uh, in terms of like specific clients I have, but, but at the end of the day, that definitely grabs our attention because now you have already done something successfully on your own oh and man it demonstrates that there is an copies, audience a hundred thousand copies of a book i mean he, he already made it i mean that's you're yes. competing with millions of people right yes exactly and on top of it uh this person was sold 80 percent of their book in the united states yeah. So that and so if I'm pitching to streamers in the United States, that's that's quite interesting. Wow. That's great. So Eric, are you open then to see Latin American content? And Absolutely. also how it works when it's an international work with you? Well, I haven't developed yet with uh, anybody outside of Canada. Um, so all of my development work so far has been with British Columbian based, uh, companies. So again, working locally and helping them get, uh, global, but again, the process is the same thing. So if a producer or creator in Honduras has a great idea, then it's the same process. If I like the idea, I have to, I have to like the idea. I have to believe in it. Otherwise it's not going to work. And that, by the way, nobody should take offense with somebody not connecting with their idea. Because in this business, you're going to have to get used to pitching 100 times and getting rejected 99 times. You know, it's, it's very, it's a very, very long process. So even pitching to other producers, even though they're not putting up money, right away uh it's still a very hard process and i think we've all heard the stories with book publishers like book uh, writers where like oh i sent my book to 500 publishers and finally you know i think like there's a number of very famous books that got rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected and so and all the while you have to stay positive every single time um so it's so it's the same process i could absolutely work with Latin American uh, producers and creators, 
But at first, do I believe in the idea? Mm-hmm. And if I don't, it's not a big deal. You'll you'll still learn something. You'll get some feedback, and then you'll move on, and you'll, you'll move on, on to the next uh, company and the next company until you get your your yes. And this is just at the first step, right? Because now somebody like me is a consultant, is a um, a distributor, and and um, but. But then you have to go to the producer and then the producer is going to have an opinion and they they might say no. And then after that, there's then there's the broadcasters yeah. and you're going to get rejected time and time again because they're looking for a piece of the puzzle. And if they're missing something in Latin America, like I bet you Netflix has really big plans for Latin America and already probably already doing it. Um, but they're looking for a piece of the puzzle. Oh, we need a police show with the. Uh, uh, this like kind of like a different kind of psychological drama in it. And then you come to them with a perfect idea or you come to them with another idea that, oh, I have a sci-fi project and maybe the broadcaster or the platform was like, we don't really want sci-fi and yeah. that's okay. What you got to do is build the relationship with the person you are meeting. And nowadays we, we can do this on zoom like we are doing right now and basically build that relationship and not get disappointed with a no because that no is the opportunity to build a relationship with that person. Exactly. Eric, we are coming to the final stage of the podcast. Yeah. Um, I have one request and one question. I'm going to start with the question. What are we going to expect from and now global for the next five to 10 years? I had an idea that I would do distribution. And as things change, I realized I had to adapt to what was happening in the marketplace and I change as well. So I do foresee that I will continue to uh, do more development in the near future. But I, I guess my point is, is I don't want to give you a precise answer because I feel like probably in three, four years, my company is going to continue to evolve again and again. And if there's one lesson that COVID taught me, was that we have to be nimble, we have to be flexible, and we have to be willing to change. And that's the point that I wanted to mention to you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Eric, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, we are honored to, to hear your thoughts and to share with you the ideas. I think Latin America has a lot, of, a lot to offer, not just to Netflix, but everywhere in the world. The perspective in every country is quite different. Uh, we are more or less the same in some issues, but uh, there is a lot of human uh, interaction in the families of Latin America that I mm-hmm. think we can share with the world. Uh, it would be uh, very important for us to keep keep in touch with you. Uh, we would like to hear your final words for the people that is watching this podcast. So if you're developing ideas, like I mentioned in the very beginning, is you know really put all your energy into it. And, and, you know, I'm repeating myself, but it's so important. It's like, start celebrating the small wins. It is so easy. And I see it with film producers and television producers. They can sometimes become very jaded and very negative. And those are not the people that succeed. The people that succeed are the ones who are going to put a smile on day in, day out. And yeah, you might get rejected and you might have your heart broken, but you still have to wake up the next day and pretend like and act like it's a brand new day. 
do you did you build a relationship with uh, somebody in your own city who is a director or a showrunner who has more experience than you and believes in you? That's an achievement. Do you have a small TV channel in Honduras that wants to give you a little bit of money to help you produce this? That's an achievement. And you have to also think that before you're going to get any kind of traction overseas or in the United States or anywhere else, you have to always, and this applies to anybody in any country around the world, um, you have to first find a little bit of success locally. And as you mentioned before, building kind of like a social media uh, presence and then growing out from there. But if you, you basically have to start local first. 